Good morning and welcome to our Monday morning chapel. Please join me in the morning prayer. You will find that in the front part of your hymn book on page 167. Page 167. There are a number of wonderful prayers in that section of the hymn book. We'll join in the first one on the top of page 167, the morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray you to protect me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things, let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen. Our scripture reading for today is taken from the fifth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Christian congregation in Ephesus, beginning with verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, 
because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. A few years back, we invited a military chaplain to come and speak on our campus. And one of the things that he talked about, and there were a number of pastors and seminary students there, one of the things that he talked about was how to potentially counsel somebody who had been through warfare. And uh, the type of things that they are taught, soldiers are taught before going off into battle. And I remember he, he listed off about seven or eight items that he called a warrior mindset. These were the seven or eight items of the warrior mindset. And I'm just going to read five of them for you today. And here's why. Listening to him that night talk about and trying to envision and imagine what it would be like to be a soldier going off into actual combat, it made me think what a correlation there is with us in the church with the spiritual warfare that we fight. So as I read through these that he listed off, put them into a context for yourself for spiritual life. Number one, details matter. He said, it could cost your life or someone else's life. Think of that with the details that matter in our faith that we could let go of and maybe, maybe have an impact on our children someday. Next one, complacency kills. He said, stay engaged, don't fall into carelessness. It's kind of what Paul is talking about here. Number three, he called it the violence of action. In other words, you've been trained to do something and you survive, you get through a, a horrible situation by doing what you are trained and just staying with it. And uh, we think of that in, our, in terms of our faith. Next one, number four, continue your mission. In other words, get through it, pursue the goal. Make sure you stay focused on what you're really trying to accomplish with this particular mission that you're involved in. And then the last one, and this one was kind of funny, he called it, embrace the suck. <laughs> and what he meant by that is, there's gonna be, there are gonna be days and times as a soldier when, it's, when something you're doing or a mission you're involved in really sucks. It's really gonna be bad. And there's gonna be some really difficult garbage that you have to deal with. Embrace it, he said. Just, just know that it's coming, and you got to do it and get through it. Now, St. Paul, in the text before us, which is part of a broader context in Ephesians 5 and into chapter 6, is, is really talking to you and me as a Christian as if he's a commander getting us ready for war and for battle. And the harsh truth and the harsh reality he expresses here, that is, the days are evil. And that's no surprise to us. When you think about how Christians are treated in our culture and society, think of the pressures that we feel to kind of cave in on things. Think about how, how um, oddly we are treated if we want to really stay with, a, with Christ in a biblical faith today. Think how hard that is. Uh, your, your generation is really, you're getting it even worse than mine did and my parents' generation. Because the days are evil, he says. You see, as soon as God the Holy Spirit comes into your life and into your heart, maybe in the waters of baptism through the word of God, claimed you as one of God's children, washed you clean of all of your sins, forgiving all of them before God's throne, 
labeling you as a citizen of heaven through faith in Christ, causing you in your heart to, to treasure that Savior and to love him and to look forward to going into heaven. When, when that all takes place inside of you, the Bible uses a word that is sanctified. And what sanctified literally means is you have been plucked out of this wicked, unbelieving world and the citizenship of the world, and you have now been plucked out of that and marked as a child of God. You've been, you've been given this gift of faith. You are set apart and sanctified from the unbelieving world. And it's almost like if you've ever seen at a big college football game and everybody in a huge section of stands is sitting in red, it's a sea of red, all wearing the same t-shirt, and then there's one guy in the middle wearing white. You have been dressed in the white robe of Christ's righteousness as a believer in Christ. You are now holy and sanctified before God. But that means you're easily identifiable in the kingdom of the devil. That means that you are very easy to spot and you are the target. You will, now be the, you will now be the focus of his radar on his side of the battle. During World War II, there were a number of countries that tried to, to remain neutral during the war. Portugal and Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, a few others. But in this battle, there's no neutrality. Jesus says, he who is not for me is against me. There are just two sides in this battle, and we need to, we need to have clar clarity in our minds about that as we go through the world. It's not as though there are some people who are just kind of neutral to Christianity, and, and then there's some that are against it and some that are, no, it's either, you're either for it or you're against it. You're either working on the side of Satan or you're not. That's, that's all it is. And the challenges for us is that because this this warfare that he's talking about is hidden. It's invisible to us. Because of that, it's easy for us to kind of forget about it. It's easy for us to kind of neglect taking care of the faith that we have been given. But know this, that wherever Christ is, wherever his word is, wherever his sacraments are used, wherever a person's heart grabs onto him by faith, wherever that takes place, there will be this battle. I had a confirmand, one of my eighth grade confirmands who is now a freshman in college many years ago, attended another college here in Minnesota that she thought was Christian, turned out it wasn't. But uh, she called me one day about, uh, about two weeks into the semester and she was in tears. And the reason was that one of her professors had found out in class by something she said that she actually believed the Bible. And he just couldn't, he couldn't believe somebody still believed the Bible. And he, according to her, referred to her as an idiot in front of the rest of the class for believing that. When I was a pastor teaching my confirmants, at the end of their confirmation training, I often took out a piece of paper and I had a number of things listed on there that could be challenges to their faith in the future. And I had them try to predict what, what methods the devil and the world would try to use in their future to pull them away from Christ. If you had done that when you were in eighth grade, what do you think, what, what might you have put on your list that the devil could try to use in your life to pull you away from your Savior? And then think, how is that battle going today? A lot of times, 
when countries are at war, an army will develop a war room. They will have an actual facility to just plot and plan and strategize. And if you could go down into hell right now, actually go down into the war room that has a focus on you, what do you think they'd be talking about? What do you think the devil would be, would be plotting and planning and scheming for your particular life? Where is your weakness? Where is my weakness that he could possibly exploit to get us away from our Savior? Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. And so our commander here informs us. He says, walk circumspectly. It's an awesome Greek word. It's, it's very similar to in the English. Circum means like around. Spectly means looking. Looking around. Okay? Be very cautious. Be very alert to what's going on in this battle. Just like a, a soldier going into a war zone. And if you've ever seen body camera image, images of them going around walls and into doorways and into buildings that they don't know whether the, whether the enemy is there. I just can't imagine how tense they must be and how alert they have to be in those situations. That's the type of thinking that Paul wants you and me to have about our faith in this world, that we walk around circumspectly, even on this campus, even with our friends. Be careful and cautious about how we go about our lives, is what he's saying. And then he says, redeeming the time. That means take advantage of the things that you have in your life that will strengthen this faith, that will encourage you in your love of Christ, that will build you up in the, the faith that God has placed into your heart. Soldiers have to be cautious to protect their earthly lives. You and I have to be cautious in this fight to protect the heavenly life that God has waiting for us because of the faith that he has given us. But understand that while we're walking to that heavenly home, we're going through some dangerous territory. But what we possess in that Savior is so wonderful and so fantastic that God doesn't want you to miss out on it. Let me close with this. Years ago, I was asked to do a paper about Christianity and the church in the 1950s here in the United States. Just kind of a, there was a general uh, paper that I had to write on something. And I remember discovering that church attendance went up in the 1950s. It peaked out in American, uh, in, in American history during the 1950s. And here's why they think it was. A lot of men who had gone over, and women too, but especially men who were in combat in World War II, they saw death every day in that war. When they came back to the States and started their families and started having children and things, they wanted to make sure that their kids knew how to beat death. They wanted to, know, to make sure that their kids could get through their death because they saw how real it was. And so they connected them so much more closely to Christ. Sad to say, that's kind of slipped away in our country today. May God give us hearts of faith to adopt a warrior mindset and to see the importance of loving the Savior who has dressed us in his righteousness and has purchased a heavenly home for us so that we can get there someday and enjoy the victory feast in heaven. Amen. Please rise. And let us pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for working faith in our hearts to love our Savior 
Help us always to cling to him and fight the good fight of faith that we may someday stand in your presence forevermore. We pray it all in the name of our crucified and risen Lord. Amen.